theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Bruchem Haboyim, welcome. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Friday morning. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Boyel Parai, Tes Shvat, Tavshin Payalaf, January 22nd, 2021. Erev Yud If you haven't downloaded the source sheets, please do that right now. As always, you can go to theyeshiva.net. The Shear of Hasidus Friday should have source sheets, which are located in the download icon above the video or in the source sheets icon above the video. Depends if you want to download it or you want to display it on your screen, part of the varieties that modern technology provide us with. We're going to continue the Maimer, Torah Ur Parshas Boy. The Maimer Be'etzem Ayoyim Azeh Yotzu Kol Tzivus Hashem Eretz Mitzrayim that the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya said, Shabbos Parshas Boy in the morning during the Shachra Suda, morning or afternoon, Tovkov Samachay, 1805. Last year, which was uh, Wednesday morning, I tried to give some summation to the discussion, to the points of the Maimer, including the question of why Tzvayas is introduced only later in Jewish history, and yet it becomes one of the seven names, Lahalacha, that are not erased. And for this we went into an entire discussion about names, the concept of a name, the concept of Hashem's names, Hashem really being nameless, and what the idea of a name is, and then the difference between all the other names and Tzvayas, all the other names represent, and I'm just repeating it without explanation, you can hear the first two classes, all the other names represent Kalim of Atzilus, Sviris of Atzilus. Name, the name Yutke Vavke represents the Eir that infuses the Kalim, and that Eir is similar by all the Kalim. Even though the Kali creates the change, the form, the structure, that's why there are different names, but Yutke Vavke is the Eir, which is in all the Kalim, which is uniform. And Torah and Moshe Rabbeinu represent Nevuah, prophecy, communication from Atzillus. However, when the Nevi'im see that the Jewish people are already in a different state of consciousness, and they don't just want to rebuke them, they want to bring them the Dvar Hashem, the Navi is the conduit for the Dvar Hashem, they now need that the Torah and the divine reality should be able to be manifested even in Kalim of Bria, from which the Jews can absorb and receive the direct divine energy, and hence the name Tzvayas. If they would have just repeated the Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu, then, as he says, the person would remain separate and the Torah would remain separate, because the Torah would be too exalted, too above them. They wouldn't be able to reach them. So therefore, the Dvar Hashem had to come to the Navi from Bria, the Torah to come from Atzillus to Bria, and that way it can reach the people in their deepest place that they should become one with Torah, because the Chiddush of Tzvayis is that Iyu Vigarmoyichad should be not only in Atzillus, but also in Bria. I know that this language is very abstract and mystical, I'm just giving a very factual summation of the 
ideas we learned in the Mimer. For more explanation, please listen to the first two classes on this Mimer. Let's continue inside now. The third paragraph. If you're using a Torah Eir, if you're using an actual Torah Eir, it's Daf Samach, column Beis, or page 119. If it's the down, if it's the source sheets that you downloaded, it's the third paragraph of the Mimer. The third chapter of the Mimer. Even though we have a sacred principle in the Jewish tradition that a Navi is not allowed to be is not allowed to be mechadish anything, he's not allowed to innovate a new mitzvah in Torah. This is a Gemara in Shabbos Kovdalit, and the Rambam discusses this at length in Hilchis Yisedi Hatayra, the final chapters, that all the Neviim, their role was. In the words of the Rambam, to caution, to to motivate, to inspire, and to uh, invigorate the Jewish people to observe the words of Torah, to observe the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. That was the prophet, the collection of the Nevi'im. In other words, the Nevi'im could not come up with a new mitzvah, with a new Torah. That's not a Navi. In fact, that would disqualify a Navi. A Navi can either speak about the future, things that are going to happen. He could tell the Jews advice, do this and don't do this. And he motivates them and tries to inspire them to follow the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu. If a Navi comes and says, Shabbos is no more on Shabbos, Shabbos is Sunday, which actually happened in history. <laughs> we know it's not a Navi because Torah won't be changed. If a Navi comes and says that Rebbein Shalom doesn't want us to put on tefillin anymore. He doesn't want tefillin anymore. It's for the old days. He doesn't want kashrus anymore. We don't need kashrus anymore. Kashrus was good in the desert for the for hygiene purposes, but now you don't need kashrus anymore. Or that Shabbos, there's no lamatas malachas. There's no problem with lighting a fire because it used to be hard to light a fire, but today you could strike a match or put on a light. It's fine. A navi comes and says, Hashem told him that Shabbos could be a little different. You could light a cigarette, or light up or light up your room, or light a fire. It's not a big deal. You go to the stove, you put on a fire. You don't have to chop wood and bring wood. If a Navi says that, not only is he disqualified as a Navi, but we, as the Rambam puts it, we know that he's a Navi Sheker, because he's contradicting the Navu of Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's the most powerful Navu, because all the Jews observed it. We learned this in the Rambam Hilchis, he said, a fundamental idea about how Yiddishkeit is passed on from generation to generation. Asks the Alter Rebbe, we say, and here, it seems like in this Maimed that the Navim, created a new Torah, the Torah from Atzillus, the Torah from Atzillus, they brought it down to Bria. I thought a Navi doesn't do something new. The Navi just repeats the words of Moshe, invigorates, inspires, motivates, warns, can talk about dire consequences or great benefits or rewards or prophesizes about the future. Says Dal Tereb, of course, Everything we're speaking about is not a Chiddush, it's not an innovation to add Something new on the Torah of Moshe. Rather, it's communicating the Torah without any Taisvis, without any addition, and without any Giroyan, without any uh, subtractions, without adding and without taking away. From the realm of Atsilis to the realm of Bria. Atsilis and Bria, the gulf between Atsilis and Bria is very dramatic. What's Atsilis? Atsilis, we learned many times is the first world, the highest world in the hierarchy of worlds. That's the world, Kivayachal, where the Ein Saif assumes identity. 
where the Ein Sof assumes names. That's where the seven names are. Those are the seven Midas of Atzillus. But it's still a world in which Einoid Mulvada is apparent. The Zaya says, Ihu v'chayuhichat, Ihu v'garmoyichat. He and his lights are one. He and his vessels are one. He and his garments are one. In other words, in Atzillus, what's felt is only Ihu. Ihu is the Ein Soif himself, Hashem himself, channeled through Chesed, Gvura, Teferis, Netzach, Haid, Yisoyed, Malchus. Those are the names. Bria is called creation. Bria is Olam HaBriya. It's the world of creation. In other words, in Bria, there's a gulf between Atzillus and Bria where it creates a new sense of consciousness, of otherness, of separateness. That's why it's called Bria. Then it devolves. There's Yitzira, there's Asiya, there's the spiritual world of Asiya, and then there's the physical world of Asiya, which we inhabit. Moshe Rabbeinu was in a Shama of Atzillus. What does it mean in a Shama of Atzillus? It's not if you take a spaceship and you, uh, you go 90 million mi- miles, you'll hit Atzillus. Moshe Rabbeinu is Atzillus, means down here he's Atzillus. <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu, I remember the Rebbe once said it of Fabrengen, Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Pada, he says, Atzillus edet metsholosh klippus atmeyes legamri. Moshe speaking to Pada is Atzillus, speaking with the three, compl- three absolutely unholy shells and husks that were represented by Pada. Atzillus is not somewhere up there. Atzillus is a way of looking at the world. Atzillus... <coughs> are basically lenses, they're certain glasses, spiritually microscopic lenses that allow your eyes to perceive the same reality in a deeper way, in the deepest way, in the most profound way, by, re- by experiencing the oneness, the oilama achtos, the whole bri is one. The whole bri is really a manifestation of Ein Sof. That bracha you could make in Atzillus, in Bria, in Yitzira, and in Asiya, but it's a different experience in each one of the worlds. So Moshe Rabbeinu is Atzillus. Now the Nevi'im need that the same Torah, not changing the Torah, Chalila, the same Torah should be communicated into the realm of Bria. What's Bria? Bria is really a place where there is a certain consciousness outside of Ein Saif. A spiritual consciousness. In Bria, everything is still holy, everything is divine. The, the clarity of the divine reality is very clear, but it's called Bria. And now we'll understand the uniqueness of the name Tzvayas first mentioned in the Nevi'im, not in Torah. The literal translation of Tzvayas are troops like troops in an army, legions of an army. Chayolim, we usually call soldiers, right? Chayolim are platoons and platoons of soldiers, of troops. And this represents when you read in the the Nevi'im. For example, let's take the Nevi'im, we say it every day. Kadosh, 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 Hashem, Tzva'ais, Maloy Chalaretz Kavayda, right? This is Yeshai Hanavi. People read Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. They're not reading from Chumash. They're reading from Yeshaya. No, he's the one who said Kaddish, 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 Hashem Tzvayis, which we say before Kriyashma, and we say in Kedusha. What is Tzvayis representing? Tzvayis represents Gedudei. Gedudei are platoons of souls and angels, Debriya. Asha'ein misper Gedudov. Tanakh says there's no number for his gedudov. There's no number for Hashem's troops, for Hashem's legions. There's no limit to them. Ain misper There's no misper to them. 
But they're all created and renewed, literally from nothingness, morphing into somethingness. You can't define these neshamas and malachim from Bria as elokus, as divinity, as godliness. They're created from Hashem. Shuhupchin is elokus mamsh. Atzilis is elokus. Atzilis is neshtakin velt. In Atzilis, everything is ain't soif. Everything is only reality of Hashem. Abriya is already a space where you can experience elokus. But there's an identity, there's what's called a zulus, to somebody outside of Elikus, at least in their own perception. That's the Chiddush of Bria. Bria means Bereish is Bara, Hashem created. The Ramban says in the beginning of Bereish, when it says Bara, it means Yesh Me'ayin. You don't say that on Elikus. That's why Atzilus is not called Bria. Bria is creation. Atzilus is emanation. What's the difference between emanating and creating? Emanating in the English is something inside of me that I send out, I send forth. I, it emanates from me, like a light emanates from you. Hashem tells Moshe, I'm going to take part of the spirit of you on you and confer it on the 70 elders, like lighting one candle from another candle. So it's taking the ruach of Moshe, the light of Moshe, and continuing it and conferring it on the people, the 70 students, the 70 elders, who would serve together with Moshe Rabbeinu in the original Sanhedrin and Parshas Baloyscha. So Atzillus represents the way the Ein Soif emanates and is expressed and manifested within the vessels of Atzillus, which is within the structure of the Midas, but it's all divine. It's divine characteristics. It's Atzillus. It's not Yeshmeyayin. Bri is already something called Yeshmeyayin. From nothingness, which means no thingness. The reason we call it nothingness is not because it's nothing. It's no thingness. You can't identify it as you hear nothingness is no thingness. That's what ayin is. You got to get that. From no thingness comes a yesh. What's a yesh? The, the yesh of Bri is not an ego. The yesh of Bri is, is, is kuloi ruchni, kuloi kedusha, kuloi toitaman, the shamas and malachim. Who scream Kaddish, 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 Hashem Tzvayis, Molechal Arts Kvayta. Baruch Kvayta, Hashem Em Kaimai. That's Yitzira. In, in, in Bria, they scream Kaddish, 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 Hashem Tzvayis, Molechal Arts Kvayta. In Yitzira, they scream Baruch Kvayta, Hashem Em Kaimai. That's the difference between the Serafim and the Chayas HaKaydish. The Serafim Abriya, Chayas HaKaydish, Yitzira. Ifanim Arasiya. That's the different Malachim we speak about in the morning before Krishna. So Bria is already called the world of Bria. Because the gulf, the Ein Soif, is so eclipsed at the end of Atzillus that it allows for a new creation that's not a Lekus. I don't experience myself as a Lekus. I experience myself as I. Now the question is, what's your relationship with God? But it's about a relationship because there's otherness. That's the Chiddush of Bria. So Bria is a completely different realm than Atzillus. And therefore... You never say that Hashem, usually, we don't say, Ihu echad with Bria. Hashem is one with the Kalim of Bria. No. When I look at a Kali of Bria, I look at the Bria. I'm not looking at Hashem. In Atzillus, the Kali is one with the earned. In other words, the Kali is a channel for Einsoif. In other words, the name is a channel for namelessness. In Bria, the name already assumes its own identity. 
It has a characteristic. That's what I am. I may have spiritual properties. I may be in tune with my source. But there's something called a Bria. So on the Kalim of Atzillus, you could say Hashem. We say in Davening, Eloikai Shema'a. Eloikai, listen to me. Who am I talking? I'm talking to Hashem. I'm not talking to a name. I'm talking to Hashem. The name, like just when I say Aaron, or Motl, or Shimon, or Mendel, or of course Ben Sian. Who am I talking to? I'm not talking to Ben Sian, some name on paper. I'm talking to you. The name captures you. That you say in Atzillus. In Bri, you're not going to say that. The names of Hashem are Atzillus. Because in each Kali is Nirgish Dein Saif. Come the Nevi'im, and this is the Chiddush of Tzvayus. The Nevi'im came and they accomplished something extraordinary. Not chas v'shalom, they changed the Torah. But what they caused is that in the Kalim of Bria, which means in the structures of Bria, the Ein Saif, the light of infinity, should be enclosed with the ultimate unity, just like the light of infinity is infusing and is enclosed in the vessels of Atzillus to the point that about Atzillus we say, Ihu He and his vessels are one in other words. The vessel, the structures are not seen as structures, independent, but just as channels where you sense the whole Ein Saif. What's the definition of Chesed, of Gvur, of Teferes, of Netzach? The Metzius of Atzillus is Ein Saif, even the Metzius of it. But that's only about Atzillus. But the Nevi'im accomplished that Ein Ein Saif should be united with the ultimate unity, even with Briya, Atche, Atche, Yeh, Nikra, Ein Ein Saif, Baruch Hu, HaMalubash Behem, B'Shem Tzvois. To the point that the Eirein Saif that's enclosed in the Kalim of Bria, because the Eirein Saif is enclosed in everything, that Eir should be defined, should be called, should get the name Tzvayas, Shehu Shem HaToyer, which is a descriptive name, Shehu Atzma Yubchines HaTzvayas Mamash. When we're calling Hashem Tzvayas, we're saying you are Tzvayas, it's you. Ki'inyin iyu v'gar mo'yichat shabatzilas, Shehu Atzma Yuhu Adeya v'u'amada v'u'ayadua. Just like in Atzilas, we say, when I say Chachma of Atzilus, I'm saying it's you. Hashem is called a Chacham. We say, Hu Amada. He is the knowledge. He is the knower. He is the known. Even though Hashem is not defined by knowledge. But the knowledge in Atzilus is a completely a conduit for Ein Saif. It's not separate. So the Chiddush is, it's, it's Hashem's name. In other words, it's Him in the name. The Chiddush in is, this is the Chiddush of Tzvayas. It's not just an idea. It's Hashem's name. How can you call Hashem? A keli of Bria? You're reducing him to a structure of Bria, to a nivra? The pshat is, when Ein Saif could be unified with the kalim of Bria, so then the keli of Bria could be called Hashem's name. It's him. Because, He himself becomes Tzvayas. Tzvayas represents the kalim of Bria, the neshamas of Bria, the malachim of Bria. In other words, those things that are created, and you call Hashem Tzvayis. It's a creation, it's not Hashem. That's the Chiddush of the Nevi'im, call Hashem Tzvayis, that the Ein Soif could be completely unified, even with the Kalim of Bria, to the point that Bria itself, the Neshamas and the Malachim of Bria, Tzvayis, 
become not separate Bria, but rather a conduit for the Ein Soif to the point that you could say Hashem is named Tzvayus. It's not that they're separate, they're just subservient to him. He becomes completely one with them. Commercial, an example is Yichud Vichibur Haneshamim Haguf. The fusion and the unity of the soul with the body. Even though the guf is like a vessel, and the neshama is like the light. We all understand the guf is a facilitator, it's a mechanism through which the neshama's electricity, the neshama's life force flows. So the guf is like the keli, the container, the structure, and the neshama is the main thing. Emes, im kolzem, misachedes im but it's not two separate things. When you look, you look at a person, you don't say, oh, here is your soul and here is your body. They become one. Shenikra Adam, the whole person is called Adam. The goof is the neshama. They're not separate things. I don't look at you and say, this is your body and this is your personality. This is your mind, this is your brain, and this is your soul. Your neshama goes till here, your goof begins here. This complete fusion, this complete oneness. Shenikra Adam and neshama shabagof. Im kolza, im kolza. Nonetheless, im kolza is nonetheless. Even though it's two separate entities, the neshama is the air and the guf is the keli. But the miracle of life is that the neshama becomes one with the guf. They become completely unified. There's no, there's no separateness. Let's see. It's a good question. You're asking if they accomplish that the same yichud and atzilus should be in bria. So then it's the same thing already. So then Bria became Atsilas. <laughs> if Bria became Atsilas, so then you could just deal with Atsilas. What do you have to go back from go down from Moshe Rabbeinu? Great question. Let's 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 hold that for a few moments. So here he mentioned it. Yeah, what's the difference between the Bittal, the, the Yichud of Atsilas, the Yichud of Bria? Okay, very good. So what do we see by the soul and the body? They become completely one. You don't give the body a separate name. You say, oh, you see this person? Here is his neshama and here is his guf. The definition of life is complete unification. And that's the reason, by the way, I'm saying this in parentheses. That today in recent generations there's a philosophy, obviously quite erroneous philosophy, that says there's no such a thing as a soul. The soul is a religious delusion. There's no such a thing as the soul. The body is everything. I, what about the life force in the body? It's like a machine. Nobody's going to say, a machine has a soul, a neshama, that gives it a life force. No. You have electricity, and the electricity causes the machine to function. And that's basically what happens. Somehow the body, when it's alive, has this mechanism. <laughs> what are you calling it a neshama? It's not a higher reality that lives after death and lives before birth. Come on. It's just the body itself. And when it's dead, it's dead. It's just like the machine working, huh? Chiyos. Chiyos, yeah. Yeah. And they argue there's no such a thing even as a neshama. There's only a guf. It's basically pure mechanism. It's pure matter. Matter is everything. There's no transcendent spirit. There's no transcendent neshama, nefesh. It doesn't exist. This is a very prevalent... uh, So... We always speak about the idea of consciousness creating matter. The opposite extreme is matter is the only thing. All of con- consciousness is a delusion of matter. 
Somehow our machine knows how to think abstract thoughts <laughs> as though it's a reality. But really, it's mamish, a pure machine. And this is a very prevalent idea. Some people um, preach it constantly. And there's, and there's literally nothing else. And when you'll ask them, but how does our machine create all these thoughts? Like, where do these thoughts come from? And questions and abstract thoughts. It, it's a mystery how this happened and how our brain developed this way. Generally, consciousness, even among animals, how did it develop? How did this cognitive leap or cognitive revolution, as they call it, happen? So it's a mystery. We don't know. We don't know. But bottom line is, there's no need to say there's something else. Now, when you study the human body and the human organism, it's very, I think, very hard to accept that because... The, the, the intricacies and the dazzling brilliance and the extraordinary mosaic and synthesis, not of millions and not of billions, but of trillions of trillions of components to create what we call life and to be able to say that it's literally all random and all good luck and there's no higher intelligence that infuses it, I think you need a lot of amuna for that. <laughs> you need a lot of faith for that. Somebody once said, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. To be a real atheist, you need a lot, a lot of amuna. You need a lot of faith. <laughs> you need much more amuna. Not to be an atheist, you don't need so much faith. You just have to accept that there's a higher, deeper intelligence behind it. Okay. If I come into a big factory and I see one trillion machines functioning, and each one functioning with perfect precision, and they're all working together to produce the same result, I'll probably assume that there was somebody who created these machines, and somebody who put them together, and somebody who's running this factory, right? I don't need so much amuna. But to say that it happened because of a series of tornadoes over 15 billion years, you need much more amuna, I think. You need much more faith. (laughs) So I don't have enough faith to be able to be an atheist. I don't have, what should I do? This is what's called I'm missing that blind faith to be able to be a real atheist and not see that there's anything else in the world besides random mutations that come from good mazel, from good luck. But the Rebbe once wrote on a letter to a professor. He said, why is it that this error can take root? It's because what the Maimer says here, that the neshama and the guf are so united that when you look at the guf, the guf itself becomes the neshama. And therefore you could make an error that there's nothing else. Because the unity is so profound, it's not that the guf is subservient to the neshama. He says it's not that it's bitl, it's yichud. Yichud means one. The guf becomes the neshama. That's how powerful the fusion is, even though essentially the guf is not the neshama, but the guf becomes the neshama. The neshama and the guf become like one entity. It's called Adam. So when you look at the guf, you see neshama. That is the guf. It becomes the metzius. It becomes the essence of the guf. It redefines the guf itself. And therefore, when you look at it, you may think there's nothing else because the guf itself bespeaks and manifests and reveals the neshama. The medrash speaks about the turtle, that its garment is part of its guf. Right, you know, the, you all know that shell over the turtle. It's called Hagdein Kamtsa. The turtle, the levushi, the levush is mineyobe. It's not a separate levush. It becomes part of the turtle itself. So he says it's like the guf, one with the nesham. 
A person who learned particular wisdom, we call a chacham. He's a sage, a wise man. The wisdom prior to his acquiring it and learning it is distinct. Outside of the person who learned it. And the person is distinct. But when he acquires this wisdom, now his name changes. He's called a chacham. He himself is called a chacham. Because of this chachma, and this is a Shema Tayar, this is a name describing him. One second, you existed before this chachma. This chachma was outside of you. You're two distinct entities. Why are you called a chacham? Why should you be called a chacham? The you is not a chacham. But that's what happens. The person acquiring the wisdom, it becomes so internalized and so part of the person that the person himself can be called a chacham. This is a mashal. Even though the vessels of essentially are a distinct entity, whether it's a soul, whether it's an angel, yes, they are subservient to Hashem. They were created by Hashem. They are. They want to be aligned and connected to Hashem. But they're a muhusbif That's what bri is. Bri is to something called. The world, there's something called a neshama, there's something called a malach, there's something called identity, there's something called characteristics, there's something called spiritual energy. Emes. Nonetheless, again, nonetheless, by the prophets communicating, by the prophets accomplishing, that the ain seif should be revealed in. The Nivrayim, the Kalim of Bri Yitzirasiya, just like it's unified in Atzillas, as Nikro Huyiz Barech, Havayat Tzvayas. So then Hashem assumes this new name, Havayat Tzvayas, Shuhu Shem Hatoyar, which is a descriptive name, Shuhu Yiz Barech, Hu Echadim Atzvayas Anal. It's not just a name representing something foreign and alien. It's a Shem Hatoyar, it's a name to describe Hashem. That's the uniqueness of a name. When I say Chayim, I say Aaron, I say Israel, I'm describing you. I'm describing you. I'm not talking about your shirt. I'm not talking about your pants. I'm not talking about something you created. I'm describing you. I'm not talking about something you're involved in. A name is you. In Atzillas, that makes sense. The name is you. Because Ihu Ihu It's all you. I, there's chesed, gvure, teferis, netzachoy, yisoyed, malchos, no. In Atzillus, it's all Ein Saif. What we sense in the chesed is a channel for Ein Saif. It's just a way that Ein Saif is expressing itself and manifesting itself. As we learned at length in the Maimah Basi Lagani, Bartovshin Chafalif, which we finished yesterday, at least one dimension of it. But one of the big ideas was the Balshemtiv focusing on the idea of the Arizal, you remember, that the Kalim themselves are the Koyach HaGvul of Ein Saif. What does it mean the Kalim themselves are the Koyach HaGvul of Ein Saif? That Chesed and Gvura and Chachma and Tiferes and Netzach and Yisrael Malchus are Ein Saif. It's just channeling it through a finite structure. So you could say Hashem, Malchus of Atzillus is Hashem. What do you mean? Hashem is Malchus? You're reducing him to Malchus? You're reducing him to Chachma? In Atzillus, Ihu That works. But in Briya, 
Priyas the Chabriya, Priyas Yashmeyayin, Priyas Amuhus Bifneyatzmoy. So how do you call Hashem Tzvois? If Tzvois was a name of Atzilus, I have no problem. But Tzvois is a name of Briya. You're calling Hashem Tzvois? That's the Chiddush. That's what he says. Hashem is called Havaya Tzvois. Shushem Atoya. Shuhuy is Baruch Hu Echadim Atzvois Hashem becomes one with the Tzvois. Ve'enam Nifradim. There's no separateness. Wow. This was the revolution of Tzvois. And that's why you'll see the Nevi'im usually combine Havaya and Tzvois. Right? HaKadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh, Hashem Tzvois. Hashem Alekim Tzvois. Vatispal Elchana Vatoymer. She speaks Hashem Tzvois. Koy Amar, Hashem Tzvois. Pocket Pekadati. The Nevi'im, they often combine Havaya with Tzvois. Why? Kishem Havaya Hu Batzilas. We explain Havaya is always Atzilas. Vahu Hamshachas Eirin Sov Bekelem Datzilas. Havaya represents the Eirin Sov that infuses the Kelem of Atzilas. And that's why it's combined with all the other names. Vim Kain, Kedeshi Yismashach, Eirin Sov Bebri Yitzirasi, Yoyadeh Shem Havaya Betchil, Vezao Havaya Tzvois. So for Eirin Sov to come into Bri Yitzirasi, like in Atzilas, it always happens through Havaya. Havaya is like the channel of pure infinity infusing the Kalim in Atzilas. That's why Havaya is the Eir of every name, and Havaya works with every other name. You could say Havaya Elikim, Havaya Adna, Kel Havaya. Havaya works with every other name, so Tzvayas also. For Tzvayas to happen, which is the Gili of Eirin Saif in Bria, in the Kalim, in the Nivrayim of Bria, to the point that it can become Hashem's name. Hashem is called Tzvayas. We call Hashem Tzvayas because even the Nivrayim of Bria becomes so one that there's no separateness anymore. This comes through Havaya. What happens after this? Once the Nevi'im reveal this or accomplish this, now they speak to the Jews through this name. You know, when we, when we, one of the, one of the, one of the accomplishments that was accomplished for me by learning these my modern recently about names is that when I daven, I start reflecting on how many times we mention Hashem's name and don't take it for granted. Like, we don't usually notice it, right? Hashem. Hashem elekoi shivati elecha. Elecha, Hashem ekrev al Hashem eschana. Like, think about it, and every, it's a real energy. <laughs> There's real energy there. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not just words. It's experiences, it's energies, it's, it's consciousness, or beyond consciousness. So, the, yeah. It's interesting. These are things that we usually don't, completely don't take note of. Even those who have kavana during davening, but it's like, you know, another name of God. But really, eat, eat, it's a channel of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It says that it's in the Kodesh Torah, Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodesh is machshava dibur ma'isa, words, thoughts, and actions. To be able to bring Hashem Tzvayis into Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. Because Bria is machshava, Yitzira is dibur, and, and Asiya is ma'isa. So what do we gain by this? Once the Nevi'im revealed this, now they speak through this name. Now they don't use the other names. Now they use the name Tzvayas. The Nevi'im, the last Nevi'im, constantly used Tzvayas. Why? You know why? Because... 
if the Nevuah comes from Bria to the Navi, so then it's the words of God that speak to the Jews. It's unbelievable words. It's not like another Meichiach, it's not like another preacher getting up and giving rebuke. Usually I get up to speak, it's a created being, even a spiritual sage and a wise man or woman and a brilliant spiritual giant. But it's a teichach of the nivra. V'zui teichachas habayde yizbarech mamash. But what if the creator motivates you directly? That's nevuah. Nevuah is not just somebody, a good man, getting up and telling chavre, hey, you got to do tshuva, you got to wake up. You got you to get rid of your kas. You got to get rid of your anger. You got to get rid of your, your narcissism. You got to get rid of your hubris. You got to get rid of your folly. You got to get rid of whatever you got to get rid of. That's... Then I remain separate. <laughs> your words are your words. They may be real. They may be potent. They may be relevant. They may be genuine. They may be very genuine. But I remain separate. It's two separate things. The Navi is a conduit for Hashem. The Navi says, Koy Amar Hashem. It's not just words. I can also say, Koy Amar Hashem. <laughs> so God said. And I'm not lying. I quote a Pasuk. That's not Navuah. Navuah is not. I'm quoting a Pasuk. Nevuah is Koy Amar Hashem. The Navi is a conduit for the divine. He says, Hashem spoke, Hashem spoke. For the Navi to do that, two things have to happen. He has to be a conduit, and he has to be a conduit that speaks to the people. That's why a lot of the prophets, you see, they were very, very afraid. They were very hesitant. They told Hashem, don't take me, I can't do it. And Hashem said, no, I'm with you, I'm with you. It's not enough that the Navi himself should be a conduit. He has to be a conduit that can reach the people. So that the people can experience Dvar Hashem Mamash. But Moshe Rabbeinu, they didn't hear Torah. They experienced Torah. The Torah became them. The Torah went into them. It became their DNA. <laughs> the Torah became their DNA. It's a very different concept. That's Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha. Anoichi becomes your DNA. Not it goes into you. You hear it as a good Russia. It becomes me. It becomes me. That's a very different concept. That's what the Nevuah is. The Nevuah is, that's what he said earlier in the Maimah, that the Torah and the person would remain separate if not for this. By the, by the Nevi'im being Mamshech, that Hashem could be called Tzvayis, when they now give a Nevuah with the word Tzvayis, you know what's happening? What's happening is the Ein Soif himself is communicating, is connecting to the Jewish soul, to the Jewish consciousness. They're hearing the Toichiches Haboyre, it becomes completely unified with them. But that can only happen with the name Tzvayas. If they would only use the name Havaya, there would be that gulf. Now, Reb Shimon is asking, how does this happen? So just go to Atzillus. What is the semantics? So here we see the, the richness. In Chesidus you see the richness of ideas. There's such rich ideas, but also the way it's expressed sometimes in a little detail. Who's the first one to name, Tzvay, to name Hashem Tzvay? Chana. If you take a look at the tefillah of Chana, I just want to quote it here. Shmuel Atazah. This is my Navi. Chana doesn't have children. She goes to the Mishkan of Shiloh. And she prays to Hashem for a child. We all know the stories, the Haftarah of Rosh Hashanah. Eli thinks that she's drunk. He says, go to AA, open up a chapter of Alcoholic Anonymous in your city. 
this is not good. Admosay tishtakarin, hasirius yenich me'alayich. Chana says, no, 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 no. You missed the point. Ve'eshpech is nafshi lefnei Hashem. I am a struggling woman, and I poured out my soul before God. And that's when Eli says, go in peace, and Hashem will fulfill your request. And she has a baby. How does she daven for that baby? So this is the first time Hashem gets a new name. Shmuel Aleph, Perik Aleph, Posekir Aleph. You remember we started. Shmuel Aleph, chapter 1, verse 11, Perikir Aleph. And this is explained in Basilagani, Perikir Aleph. Vatidur Neder, she makes a pledge. Vatoymar, she says, Hashem Tzivois. If you will see the pain of your servant and you won't forget me and you'll give me a child, I will dedicate him for Hashem. I will dedicate this child to Hashem. Right before this, Pasuk Yud, it says, she was bitter. Vatispalel al Hashem. And she davened on Hashem. What does she davened on Hashem? She davened to Hashem. Vatispalel el Hashem. Vatispalel lifnei Hashem. No. Vihimoras nofesh vatispalel al adenoi uvochisifke. She davened on Hashem. So literally we say it means she davened, you know, to Hashem. It says vatispalel al. Al means like two. In Tanakh it says... Right, so you have both ways. It says Amar Pare Lebnei Yisrael, and Bashalach Rashi says it means he spoke not to the Jews about the Jews. So here also it doesn't mean she davened above Hashem; she davened to Hashem. Now Rashi says he quotes Chazal. Why does she use the word Tzvayis? She tells Hashem there's two types of Tzvayis, two types of creations in your world: the higher ones and the lower ones, the spiritual ones and the physical ones. The higher ones don't die. The physical ones procreate. The higher ones don't perish, but they don't procreate. They don't need children. The lower ones reproduce, but they die. She says, who am I? Am I from the higher ones or from the lower ones? If I'm the lower lower ones, I should reproduce. If I'm the higher ones, I should never die. Hashem tzvayis. There's only two tzvayis. Either I don't die, or I procreate. That's one interpretation. That's Rabbi Yisrael's interpretation. In Brachas, Daflamad Aleph, Rashi quotes the second interpretation. It's that she's the first one to call Hashem Tzvayis. She said, Tzvayis, you have all these infinite legions in the world, and you can't give me one child. You have souls and angels and worlds and creations of all types, ad infinitum, and you can't give me one child. These are two different interpretations why she introduces the word Tzvayis. But the Alter Rebbe focuses on Vatispalil al Hashem. And here we come to the point. How can the Nevi'im do this? That the Ein Saif should be enclosed in B'riyitzir Asiyah like an Atzilis in Shichu on Nevi'im, Mibchinis Ha'igle. Vasaif of Kalalmin, Asher Sham Kachashech Ha'kaira. Shavin, Hashavo, Mashva, Kotten, Vagadal, Shudafke, Yochel, Shafilis, Atzmila, Mata, Mata, Gambibri, Yitzirasia, Kikameis, Borich, Kulam, Shavim, Kamashakosov, Mitachas, Rayasel. I'll translate. The ability for the Nevi'im to do this is because they accessed from what's called the Eagle, the Great Circle, the infinite light that transcends all the worlds, where darkness and light are identical. 
where the smallest and the greatest are equal, and therefore this can humble itself so below, it can come down so low, even in the three worlds, because by Hashem himself, everything is identical, as the Pasuk says, Moshe says in Vizay Sabracha, below are the arms of the world. Bitachas Israel that's why it says because the only way you can bring out this reality and reveal it and access it is if you go to a place that's even deeper than the name Yudke Vafke. What is the Alter Rebbe saying? So those who learn Basilagani Tavshin Chafalaf will understand this very well. There's something called Eagle Hagadol. Now, very briefly, the Arizal taught that pre-creation, the Ein Saif, the light of Ein Saif, filled everything. For there to be creation, there had to be a Tzimtzum. What's the Tzimtzum? The Tzimtzum is the infinity was concealed or withdrawn, and has created an empty space. In that empty space, the Chalol, you can now have room for all of the worlds. So what happens? So there is what's called a little kav, a little line that comes into the empty space. That's like a radiance, a glimmer of light. And from there begins the evolution of all the worlds. So that kav ultimately comes into the empty line. We learned about this in Basi Lagani Chafalaf and we had some images. You can go back to that maimer and to, for more explanation. And that kav, that line, ultimately creates the whole series of worlds and each world is defined by its relationship with the Kav, how much Ein Soif it senses. Generally, we say, The light of the Kav ends at the end of Atzillus, and after that is a new reality where you don't sense the Kav. So therefore, in Atzillus, it's him. He is one with the Caleb, because in Atzillus you feel there's only Hashem. Bria is already the place of separateness comes the Alter Rebbe and says, What the Nevi'im had to tune in is to something actually deeper than Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke is the way godliness, the Oyer is channeled to come into Kalim, and then it can only go into Kalim of Atzillus and become Havaya, because Atzillus is one with him. The Chiddush of the Nevi'im was that as the generations became lower, they tapped into the Eagle Hagadl. Eagle Hagadl is the original circle around the empty space. That's with a light where there was no tzimtzum. That's the light that transcends the chalol, that transcends the empty space. That's the eagle hagadol. That's where he says, Soiv of Kalaman, the eagle, which is completely transcendent, where darkness and light become identical. Where finiteness is completely not a contradiction to infinity. Where the lowest and the highest become completely the same. Once you go in over there, then Bria doesn't have to be a gulf that separates, but even Bria could become a conduit for oneness. In other words, there is Yudke Vavke, which is the way divinity is channeled through Yud and He and Vav and He, which is Eirein Saif, and that can live in Kalim of Atzillus, because Atzillus is a world of Ein Saif. But once you come to Bria, Bria is already a world of separateness, why is it separate? Because there's a gulf between Atzillus and Bria, and it allows for Bria to become a new reality, Yesh You can't say, 
You can't call Hashem Tzvois. It's not a name of Hashem. It's a world. Come the Nevi'im, beginning with Chana, Vatespalol Chana Al Hashem. Above Yudke Vavke. She goes into the Eagle Hagadol, which is above the Tzimtzum. Over there, darkness and light can completely coexist. Why? Because there's no darkness. Because the smallest and the greatest are all one. And therefore, there is absolutely no reality which he can't pervade. Why? Because there's no distinctions, no demarcations, not even spiritual demarcations. And therefore, the most dense darkness is mamish like oir. When you come to that place, it's similar to what we spoke about, atzmos, that confuse the infinite and the finite. That's what Alter Rebbe explained about, a love deeper than the Ramak. And deeper than the Balshemtiv, the essence of the Balshemtiv. Reb Moshe Kordavero was Oyd, the Balshemtiv was Kalim, and then there's the fusion of the two. I'm going back to the Maimon, Basilagani Chafalov. So, what happens? The Nevi'im have to yet reveal a deeper level of Iyu Vigarmoyi Chad and Briya. How can Ein Soif be one with Briya? Briya is a separate world. To be able to reveal that the separateness of the Briya is also a channel for Ein Soif, and there's only Hashem. This is the Chiddush of Tzvayas. But for this, you have to go into a much deeper place, which can go down to a much lower place and reveal that even the separateness is not separate. Because when for Atzilas to be one, Shem Havaya. But when you go even beyond Havaya, then Bria can also become one. And this the Nevi'im had to do in order to be able to communicate in that generation. So now you'll say, so they're going back to Atzilas. They're not going back to Atzilas. Going back to Atzilas, that is an option, but you wouldn't reach the people. They had to come to Bria, Yitzir, Asiyah. In other words, there's a consciousness of separateness. It's not like in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu where everything is Lamailam and Ateva. It's not like that. And nonetheless, the Nevi'im could be Megala, the Dvar Hashem Mamesh, the Ein Soif, in Bria to the point that the Jews can hear the Dvar Hashem Mamesh, the Ein Soif, being channeled through the Navi and therefore becoming completely one with them where there's no separateness in them also. And this can touch them, this can affect them. This was the Chiddush of Chana, Vatispalel Chana Al Hashem. You want to know if when the Navi speaks to the person, to the people, if that moment there's a dissolving of identity, so there's no separateness, and then they come back to identity, or, no, from a place of identity, they can appreciate that there is oneness. Well, the fact that the Navi's identity had to be dissolved, that's obvious. Like the Rambam describes in Hilchus Yisodei Torah, chapter 7, about Nevuah, the Nevi'im are called Meshuga, you know? The Tanakh calls them Meshuga. Why? Because they completely went out of their Kalim, and their identity, so to speak, dissolved in the Nevuah. Like the famous Torah of the Magid, we spoke about it a few times, that the Menagin becomes the Nigin. Now you ask about the people who hear the Nevuah. So that's the Vart in this Maimer, that to really hear the Nevuah, the people themselves, their identity got dissolved. And what do I mean their identities got dissolved? Their identities got subsumed, became unified. It's like my very self can become completely one with Hashem. That's what the Navi is giving me. The Navi is not giving me a speech. The Navi is, is allowing the Dvar Hashem Mamish, in other words, the presence of Hashem Himself, to be able to enter into the space 
of the person's brain, of the person's heart. And that was a radical transformation in Yiddishkeit. Not a transformation in Torah. We said the Navi doesn't change anything in Torah. But I mentioned in the fact that Tzvayis was a unique, unique Chiddush. Uh, a new Hamshacha was allowed into the world that the Achdos and Atzilis can be translated, can be expressed even in Bri Yitzir so that the Nivra, the soul of Bri Yitzir the Malach, the Keli, can experience the Ihu. In other words, who am I? My eye is completely one with the divine eye. There's no eye. My eye is the eye of Einoid Mulvada. This absolute, absolute oneness, absolute alignment. Like the body becomes one with the soul. Atzilis, we don't call a body and a soul. Because <laughs> they're not separate entities. Bria, that's why he gives the marshal of a body and a soul. It's separate entities. Nonetheless, the goof is not just subservient. The goof becomes meyuchat. I look at the body, I see the soul. I don't say, oh, here's your body, where's your soul? No, no, it becomes one to the point that, 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 that people say there's no soul. That's how, that's how good it is. <laughs> that's how good, the, that's how powerful the fusion is. There's no, I don't even see a soul because the goof becomes a complete expression of the neshama. If Hashem would have made that the fusion shouldn't be so powerful, so then you would look at the goof and you would say, wait, 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 there's something mysterious here. There's something mysterious. So we do know that there's something mysterious. But it's so, there's such a deep fusion that the body itself carries this mystery. The, you look at the cells of the body and you have everything because it becomes a conduit for the soul. There's no separateness. That's what happens in the name Tzvayis. The name Tzvayis, that ain't Soif becomes, could be one with the Briyat, that we could call Hashem Tzvayis. We call Him. It's Him. That's the Chiddush of Einoid Mulvade. How do you reveal Einoid Mulvade in Briah? I understand in Atzilus. Atzilus is L'Chathchil in our world. For this you have to go higher than Atzilus. For this you have to go higher than Yudkei Vavke. For this they have to go back to the Eagle Hagadol, which transcends Tzimtzum. The Kav that comes into the Chalal, to the empty space, that has its limits. There's Atzilus and there's Briah. Alter Rebbe says from the Eagle Hagadol, the Eagle Hagadol again is that grand circle encompassing the empty space. The, the, the circle of Tzimtzum is, is, is known as this empty space. The eagle is like the circle around it. From that ain't soif, darkness and light become one, and therefore, Briya is not separate. If Briya is not separate, you could be Megala the Oneness. Now you're asking a question, so, why do you need a Tzimtzum? You need a Tzimtzum because the eagle Hagadol can't come into the empty space. And now you tell me the eagle Hagadol does come into the empty space. So then, so then the symptom is undone. So again, you, so you're back to pre-creation. Okay, so that's beyond the realm of this Shia, but I'll just say one Nakuda. And, and that's why I, I keep on referencing Basi Lagani, Tavshin Chafalu, because over there this was explained beautifully. That when we say here the Eagle Hagadol Kachashecha Ka'ira, it means that in the world, there is a consciousness in which we can reveal the Kayacha Ein Saif, which fused the Gvul and the Bligvul pre Tzimtzum. Pre Tzimtzum, the finite and the infinite were completely one. The Tzimtzum separated the two. The Kayacha Gvul remains in the empty space called Rishimu. Kayacha Bligvul remains above. And that's the Kav that comes in. The Eagle Agadl is the source where the two are one. And when that could come out in the world, then Briya could become Atzilas. 
And it's a bigger chiddush than Atzilus, because Atzilus, even the kalim, which are koyach hagvol, but are kalim of Atzilus. The chiddush of Bria is that it's mamash Bria, and for that to be a manifestation of koyach hagvol, that's already the chiddush of the Nevi'im. And that happened through Chana with her son Shmuel. An interesting thing to mention is that Moshe Rabbeinu, the Tzamech Tzedek writes this, and it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Daniel, you here? Listen to this. Moshe Rabbeinu receives the mirrors. You remember the mirrors in Parshas Vayakel, Pekude? We speak about the donations of the Mishkan. The women donate what's called Marois Hatsoivois. The mirrors that they used in Mitzrayim, Rashi says, to entice, to motivate their husbands to be able to be together so they can have children because the husbands were so uh, distraught from work. They were destroyed, they were crushed, they didn't have motivation. So they used the mirrors to beautify themselves and motivate their husbands. So when they brought those mirrors to the Mishkan, what did Moshe say? Elu asuyim Sahara. These mirrors were made for the Sahara. they don't belong in the Mishkan. These mirrors were made to entice men. What did Hashem tell Moshe? Take these mirrors, because elu chavivin alaymin hakoyl. These mirrors are more precious than anything else that was donated to the Mishkan. Because it's through these mirrors that the tzivis Hashem, the legions of Hashem, were created in Mitzrayim. The only reason there could be a future Jewish people is from these mirrors. Don't say that these mirrors were made for the Yetzirah. These mirrors are more precious than everything else. So the Tzamech Tzedek says, Maris Hatzoyvis, Tzoyvis is like Tzvois. Why is it called Tzoyvis? So some say because the women marched like troops, or Tzoyvis because this created the troops of Jews in Egypt, Tzivis Hashem. Maris Hatzoyvis also represent the mirrors that were responsible for ultimately all the Tzivis Hashem in Mitzrayim and for the name Tzvois. Moshe says, this is made for the Yetzirah. We understand Moshe. Moshe is Atzillus. Moshe looks at these mirrors and Moshe says, this is not for the Mishkan. The Mishkan is Veshachanti B'Seichem. But Maris Hatzoyvis is already the Chiddush of Tzvoyis that comes through Chana. That's a woman. Chana, who's a woman, representing the Rishim Mudekai Chagvul. Chana is the one who brings out the power of Hashem Tzvoyis. That even though you live in a world with his Yetzirah, you live in a world of mirrors. And a world of mirrors is a world that's dominated. And there's a tremendous influence for the Yetzirah, those mirrors. We once learned a moment, what a mirror is. A mirror represents that there's not glass. You can't see out. Because the glass gets covered with a little silver. In other words, there's a hester, there's concealment. This is already Elam Nonetheless, it shows you backwards, or Chayzer. The mirror gets you in touch with a deeper light. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, Elu asuyim We had a share on Parshas Vayakal about this, about the mirrors at length. So Moshe says, this is made for the Yetzirah. By Moshe, Torah is Atzilus. Hashem says, Elu chavivin alaymin akal. This is what created Sivis Hashem, that yes, it is made for the Yetzirah. They transformed it into a vehicle for creating a Jewish future, Jewish continuity, Jewish eternity in Mitzrayim. That's the Maris service. In fact, the Gemara says in Brachas that Chana told Hashem that if you give me a child, good, and if not, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hide with another man, 
My husband is going to warn me not to be secluded. I'm going to go into seclusion. And then for him to stay married to me, he's going to have to give me the water, may soita to drink. And because I'm going to be innocent, what does the Torah say? If the woman really was adulterous, then she dies from the water. And if not, v'niksa v'nizra zara, she has children. So then you'll be forced to give me a child. So Hannah was telling Hashem, if you don't give me a child, glat, if you don't go direct, I'm going to go hide with a strange man, in Parshish Nasi, the whole story with Saita, and that's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> like the Maris Hatzayv, similar to those mirrors. And that's how we'll get the child. But what does this all represent? This all represents that in a world where there's separateness, in a world where there could be trauma, in a world where you feel separate, nonetheless, the Kayach of Chana was to create a whole deeper level, a deeper understanding of Achtos Hashem, that the oneness of Hashem could permeate the world of Bria as well. Let's see the last paragraph. In Parshas boy, it says that Tzivos Hashem left Egypt. Tzivos here is subservient, it's like a prefix to Shem Avaya. Tzivos Hashem. It's not Hashem's name, Tzivos. Tzivos is a noun. It's a it's a name. Havayat Tzvayas are two nouns. Havayat Tzvayas. Tzivas Hashem is Tzivas, the Tzivas of Hashem. In other words, it's a prefix, it's a prelutash. Vahainu, what is this referring to? Pchines ha'ne tzutzim shenezbaranu begolos to Mitzrayim, v'nesalu lekolol b'shem ha'vaya, heim ha'nekroim Tzivas ha'vaya. Why are Jews called Tzivas Hashem when they leave Egypt? So he says, all the sparks that were sublimated and elevated in the Egyptian exile, and they were elevated to be subsumed in the name of Yudke Vavke, these are called Tzivas Hashem. The troops, the legions that become part of Hashem. All the sparks, they're like little soldiers. All the sparks that the Jews took out of Mitzrayim now become all Tzivas Hashem. We know there are 288 divine sparks that fell during the breaking of the vessels, we learned numerous times about Olam Hatoyu. Originally, right, even pre you have the world of chaos where the lights that were infinite could not be contained in the vessels and the vessels broke. And 248 divine sparks now fell, so to speak, and are not recognizable. And they're all over the world and they seem chaotic, but really they're divine sparks and we go and we elevate them, we bring them back to their source. Darizal teaches that in the Egyptian exile they elevated 202 from the 248. That's what it means. The Jews emptied out Egypt. They emptied out Egypt from all the divine sparks that were in Egypt. They took every divine spark in Egypt and they brought it out. That's what the Pasuk means, that an Erev Rav, a multitudes of masses from Egypt went up with them. But al Rebbe says, Erev Rav is Rej Beis, Rej Beis, 202 sparks, Erev Rav. The mixture coming from 202 Rav comes up with them. V'ksiv Rav Loch, 
Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Rav Lach, the Rav is to you. You're the one who brought out uh, 202 sparks from Egypt. And then there's 86 left. 288. There's 86 left. 86 begematria lekim. Daltereb asks in Torah, Parshas Vayesha, remember, Vihini Anachnu Ma'alma Malumim, the Maimer about the sheaves. He asks, 88, 86, 202 sparks they took out of Mitzrayim. We only have 86 left. What's taking so long? So he explains over there how the sparks work. But 202 came out of Mitzrayim. Why they called Sivis Hashem? Because they become completely close and subservient to Avai. The number of 288, I'm not going to go now to the calculations, but they come from the four names of Hashem, known as the names of 72, 63, 45, and 52. There's four ways in which you could write out Yud and He and Vav and He, and they make up the names of Ma, which is 45, 63, 52, 72. So the 288 sparks come from those four names. When the sparks come up and back to their source, they're not defined by these names at all because they're subsumed completely in oneness with their source and therefore they don't have a separate name. They don't have a distinct name. When a person understands the greatness of Hashem through contemplation, so then the ideas are experienced as something, as a reality. But when these ideas can achieve the result that the person dissolves completely, then he doesn't experience the idea and the bittel as an experience. In real bittel, there's no feeling, there's no experience. In other words, sometimes I hear something, I understand something, I tune into something, and I get inspired. And I experience the inspiration, I experience the flow of energy. That's stage one. But stage B, stage two, a much deeper reality is when the person actually experiences bittel, so then there's no experience of bittel because there's no sense of I anymore. You just dissolve completely in that state of oneness. Now, I can't always live in that space, but he says, but it's, it, that's, that's where bittel really happens. Bittel really happens when I don't feel the bittel, <laughs> when I don't experience the bittel. When I feel it and I experience it, it's not bittel. It's maybe the it's 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 it's, it's fun, it's inspiring, <laughs> but it's it's not it's not bittel. The sparks of toyu which fell, they have names. Why do they have names? Because they have an identity. What does a name represent? A name means that you could be called by somebody else. person for himself doesn't need a name, but your friend needs your name to call you by your name. So when you have a name, it means that I can reach out to you, I can speak to you, I can call you. You leave an impression on me. I want a relationship with you. There's an identity there that I can experience. But that's only a more external layer of life. When the sparks 
become completely aligned with their source, when the posture of each one of these sparks becomes completely one with the source in Alakus, they don't have names. Names only exist in a more external layer of reality when my identity becomes concretized to the point that you can experience it and you can perceive it. In the deepest core of self where there's complete alignment, there's no name. And therefore, these nitsutsas, when they come back to the complete source, they don't have a name. So they're called all the tzvayas of Hashem. They're completely aligned and close and absorbed in the name of Avaya. The expression in the Pasuk is, that on Pesach it says, the Pasuk continues, Hashem took out the Jewish people, Literally, Al-Tzivaisim is translated with all of their troops. The Altar Rebbe says, Al-Tzivaisim, Neshamas Yisrael, are above the Tzvayas. The Tzivas Hashem represent all the Nitzutas of Toyu that fell down in Mitzrayim and were sublimated. That's Tzivas Hashem. And when they come back to Atzillas, they don't have their own name, and that's why they're called Tzivas Hashem. It's not Hashem Tzvayas. It's Tzivas Hashem. The Neshama is Al-Tzivaisim. The Neshama itself is even higher than those Nitzutas. That's all Tzivas Hashem and Parshas Boy in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. Then you have Hashem Tzvayas, where Tzvayas becomes a name. Why does it become a name? We're learning here what's a name. A name is the way you're manifested and perceived by something else. That's what a name is. Hashem, in Hashem's essence is beyond names. Names is the way it's articulated, the way it's perceived. That's why when the Nitzutzas come back to their source, they lose their name because they're completely in their source. They're called Tzivas Hashem. But in Bria, suddenly there's a name Tzvayas. Over here there's the sense of separateness, and that's the Chiddush of the Nevi'im, that Hashem is called Tzvayas. So you have two different stages. In the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, the sparks are elevated all the way to Atzilus, so they're called Tzivas Hashem. There's no, nothing separate. There's only Yudke Vavke. The Tzivas are completely bottled to Hashem. They don't have their own name. Because in complete Achdos, there's no name. And even the names in Atzilus is Iyu Vigar Mayichat. But when everything comes back to the source... There's no name. The neshamas are al-tzivaysam, higher even than tzivaysam, which become one with Havaya. And thus, ultimately, the chiddush of Chana was that even in the place where there is a sense of separateness, Hashem assumes the name tzivays as a noun. What does it mean, a noun? It's not only one with Olam HaTzilas. There is a sense of bri yitzir with this tzivays of neshamas and malachim that have their own mohus. And yet the great chiddush that comes out in the continuation of Jewish history is the ability to be able to reveal the achdos, the complete oneness, even in a state of separateness, or even in a state that's perceived as separateness. So in a person's life, we have the core, which is nameless. Then you have your names, which is the way the core is channeled through identity. And over here, there is already a self-concept. There's articulation. There's language. From there... There could still be oneness, but then from there there could be distortions where there's separateness to the point that there can even be trauma, where your name and your essence are completely alienated from each other. What Chana begins to teach us is how I can go into that world of separateness and even of distortion and even of trauma. What is trauma? All trauma is disassociation from the self, 
In other words, I'm not functioning from my wholesome self. I'm functioning from a very primitive, distorted sense of self. My name is not just not a channel for my essence. It's completely alienated from my essence. It's even alienated from my real name. Can I go through that and look at that and ultimately bring unity back into that space? Align my outer and my inner. That's the revolution that happens with the name Tzvayas. Everybody have a beautiful Shabbos and a beautiful, beautiful day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.